0: back you're watching stock watch with me bright kumalo and tackling your stock related questions this evening are alex days from umtombo wealth and independent analyst chris gilmore don't forget to send those questions via sms to 4139 to email stockwatch at pdtv.co.za or tweet us at business day tv using the hashtag stockwatch uh, gentlemen um welcome to the show i'll start with you alex i mean our local market eh, has been pumping i don't know how many days in a row we're seeing green Definitely it feels like it's been more than the US. Uh, what gives, what's happening locally?
1: Hey, good evening. Um, so obviously the market has been very weak uh, since March. So finally getting a bit of a, a respite at the moment. I think um, if you look at what's happening in the US as well, the earnings season has, the you know, results have been better than anticipated. I think mean, a lot of analysts expected earnings to be a bit weaker than it has been so far. And I think you can see the same, uh, see through in South Africa. I mean, a bunch of the results you know, none of the seller being very bad, but also not particularly good. So I think it's we are going on and perhaps the seller was a bit overextended for the time being. But obviously the market is now looking ahead again for the next 12 months. And many more variables at play here now that, you know, at the moment we can't really foresee what's going to happen. So for the time being, I think the results have been quite well. And I think this uh, recovery in share prices are justified from its lows of um, end of June.
0: Yeah and I think locally uh, we could still go higher. I mean uh, like you said I I liked it I liked I liked it even more when the local market was in the green and the, you know the rest of the world was in the red. And that's where <laughs> that's where we belong <laughs> actually. Um cocoa I mean talking about offshore markets and earnings on that side. I mean um the GDP numbers uh, came out another contraction of 0.9% Uh, Is this any cause for worry for long-term investors? And I mean, what does it mean? What's going on exactly?
2: Yeah, you know, Bright, I watched um, Jerome Powell last night talking uh, in the the FOMC meeting, and it was interesting. He's a very worried man, and he was choosing his words very, very carefully, and he's obviously trying to get a balance in terms of uh, increasing interest rates whilst not pushing the U.S. into recession. Yes, And he made the point on on so many occasions that the U.S. isn't in recession. And there are so many indicators now telling you that it's not in recession. And and, and it probably isn't. Um, And, you know, there are so many indicators out there. I mean, for example, job vacancies. You can't fill jobs in the U.S., in the U.K., in certain areas. I mean, so many people have now just left the workforce. Uh, And you can do that. You can't do it in South Africa because uh, otherwise you starve. Um, but in, 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 the, in the developed world, so many people are doing this. Just, they've just said enough. They're hurtful, and they're leaving. And you try and, and replace them, and the inflationary impact of that is, is, is there. So look, Powell's got a very, very diff, difficult job. Um, I suspect what's going to happen is that it is going to go into recession at some point in time in, in the not-too-distant future. And that is going to bring inflation down. So he doesn't know yet. Uh, that's why I say he was choosing his words very, very carefully last night. He was a very worried man because, you know, all the cockiness that, that, that was so apparent a few months ago when he was saying, gee, it's only transitory.
0: Inflation, it's all
2: gone. yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's all, it was all drivel.
0: And yes. I think
2: he, he, he knows that now. So now he's being much more cautious, much more careful. Um, so the U.S., it's... It's a it's a, it's a very very tough one. We're in this kind of no man's land at this point in time, and we will be for the next uh, few weeks and months.
0: Yeah, interesting. Uh, let's let's jump into uh, some of our stocks, uh, stock questions that we have here. I'll start on Twitter with Paulo Ribeiro, who says, "Hi all. As an ethos shareholder, will I benefit from the potential premier listing?" This is a good um, question uh, there for us, Alex.
1: Yeah, so obviously E-Force, uh, you know, it's kind of sizable investment in, into Braid. Yes. And of course, Braid is looking to list uh, uh, Premier. So certainly there will be a, a benefit from that. So obviously, the idea is when you're going to list Premier, um, obviously we'll get a fair market value for Premier, but also the rest of the Braid stable will then perhaps also have a true more higher reflection value, as perceived higher value. Um, but unfortunately, the market is not particularly attractive for, for new IPO listings at the moment. But theoretically, yes, it uh, should be. If there's a listing, um, the value in the will then most likely rise, and of course, also if for stake, most likely will rise.
0: Yes, and uh, Comrades Coco, where would a company like Premier um, sit in terms of you know fast-moving consumer goods companies that are listed on the JSE? I mean, we've, we already have you know the 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 tiger brands of the world and we've got uh, avi and um, you know I start running out of names yeah it would be
2: it would be closer to 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 tiger brands i mean avi is much more niched it's uh, much more of a brands company um uh, th- this is a kind of more heavy commodity type thing i mean bread and this type of thing um so yeah look i'm not sure i i, I find it particularly attractive um, I think Why? I'd far rather be Well, I think I'd, I'd far rather be in the retailer than the producer. That, that is what, what has been the, the case up until now, for, for quite some time. The, the producer is, has been getting progressively squeezed. The retailer hasn't been doing particularly well either, but at least has the ability to to, 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 to pass costs on to, to the ultimate consumer. Now, I think the, the, the producer is finding himself in a, in a much more difficult position than the retailer
0: yeah interesting um we've got uh, a couple of questions here um from Lulama so we'll, we'll we'll go through them down you know slowly we've got she's asking us about our take on uh, musttec Alex you follow musttek at all and Pinnacle I don't even know what they call Pinnacle these days it's got a new name
1: yeah I've been a big a big fan of mastic for uh, it would take the last seven or so years and I've mentioned as one of my stock picks a few times, but yeah, must obviously has been a huge beneficiary of, of, of COVID. Um, they made record earnings, loss of results. Therefore, and also the interim results was also very strong. They are expected to give full year numbers now in June. Um, I do anticipate it's gonna be good numbers. The question is gonna be the outlook going forward. Now, mm-hmm. well, unfortunately, we know of course, uh, tragically the, the founder David Kahn and the uh, also CEO passed away recently. Yes. Um, there's been internal promotions and so forth so i do have confidence in the team that they could take the business forward but obviously we'll have to get a sense of what the strategic direction is uh, and so forth but um, i think must take a while, the valuation is still might be very compelling i mean uh, it's not expensive at all they should be generating good cash flows at the end because it, they tend to be working capital uh, consumption in h1 and then it flows out in h2 uh, they've recently done some share buybacks that shows you that Management or the board is still confident uh, going forward. So yes, I'm certainly a fan of Afmastic at these levels, but the results will get will get updated most likely in August somewhere in results in September.
0: Yeah, and 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 comrades, Koko. I mean, if you look at that share price at almost 17 bucks, uh, it reminds me of a time you know about eight years ago where Pinnacle all, went all the way up. I think it went as much as 27 rands and came all the way down because of certain inconsistencies and problems that they had internally but i mean that has only meant you know mustek uh, doing very well uh, you know and and slowly trotting up um just picking up market share and doing well
2: i uh, to be honest i haven't followed pinnacle but i i would fully endorse what, what alex has said about um uh, mustek i mean look there's a company that's been around a long long time and um i mean sitting on a, a really ridiculously low pe Tremendously well-managed company. As as Alex says, I mean, it's terribly sad that uh, David Kahn died uh, fairly recently, Um, because I mean, he he was the life and soul of that business. But uh, nevertheless, you know, it's, it's, got, it's got strength and depth in management. And, um, no, I fully endorse what, what Alex was saying. I mean, that, that's an absolute sitter as far as I'm concerned.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm being told here on my ear that it's no longer called Pinnacle. It's called Alviva or whatever that is. Ah, right, right. <laughs> I, st- I still don't follow it. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Um, it, 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 do we follow Santova at all? I think it's, uh, it's it's been an interesting business, um, you know, as of late, I mean, you know, with, the, with what's happening in the supply chain side of things. Do you want to talk, talk to us, uh, Alex, about Centova? Yes,
1: yeah, so obviously they are tied to uh, a global logistics, uh, more to the IP, the supply to that, to make it more efficient and so forth. We know with supply chain issues we've had over the last two years, so Centova's had a very good set of results actually generate very good cash flows, and also very well diversified from a foreign perspective. So they do have quite a sizable business in Europe and Asia and so forth. So very good rent hedge for a small cap business, not particularly capital intensive either. So in this good cash generation, it means it flows through to the shareholder, either through special dividends or share buyback. So that was at a sweet spot um i'm not that close to the business to really get a sense of what the growth prospects is organically going forward but certainly they have done well and most likely will continue to do well for the time being but i struggle to get a sense of what the medium to long-term outlook would be for santoba mm-hmm. and perhaps just perhaps to add something on a previous question on Viva, there is a takeover offer at 25 rand being tabled at a moment um so there's a good chance that Olviva could be delisted in the market if that's accepted so we'll have to wait and see
0: oh okay interesting on 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 um take on, on on alvival changes the whole game right um uh, anything to add on Santova combats never
2: looked never looked at it
0: yeah I'm actually surprised that the share price is at seven rand sixty one cents it, it it has been one of the best performing shares on the j s c in the past two years man it's uh, yeah it's it's everything is going well for that business uh we have a question here from soup lord a.k.a. Colan, who says um so you're telling me there's a u.s recession but the day is green or is it just a fake breakout uh, that's an interesting question for you comrades Koko. so we're all supposed to be panicking throwing our toys buying i guess um you know shotguns and canned foods because the recession is looming and those things are going to be much valuable than stocks but why are stocks green <laughs>
2: Well, you know, I, I was watching the the S and P and the Dow last night as Powell was speaking, and you know, the, the S and P was creeping up very nicely. Um, so, you know, I mean, that, that's when you've had a seventy five basis point increase, and I suppose you can um, you can uh, justify it, you can you can rationalise it, in the sense that you say that uh, well, you know, when, when interest rates are rising, it's reflecting a growing economy. Well, that's not strictly true in the true in this case. Um, but look, there are certain Aspects of the American economy that are actually booming. We've 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 alluded to, to certain parts of it I mean the services industry uh, is, is is still going through the roof um, What is also happening in the background and? Maybe a lot of people aren't actually aware of this is that a lot of manufacturing is moving back from China to America The Americans are incredibly good at manufacturing things. They just got lazy 20, 30 years ago and started outsourcing to China. Uh, And the Chinese were awfully good at what they did.
0: They started unionizing. That's the problem.
2: (laughs) uh, Well, you can argue that if you want. Um, But, you know, the the, the Chinese um, are are not supermen. Um, And the Americans, actually, when they put their mind to doing things, are awfully good at manufacturing. You don't really see very many manufactured products from America other than airplanes and, and computers. But I'm thinking of things like Briggs and Stratton lawnmowers and stuff like that. Everything they make is awfully well made, it's, it's, it's sturdy. And I think a lot of that production is coming back to America. It's going to take 10 years. Um, but the process has started. They're already starting, they've been making TV sets in America uh, for the past decade or so now so it's coming back it's coming back home if you like we're not talking about rust belt stuff I mean, we're not talking the kind of nonsense that donald trump was talking about we're talking about real good old-fashioned manufacturing yeah yes so so i think you know there is there are some fundamental reasons to get excited about the american economy in the longer term but that's why i say i think the next few weeks and months are going to be a little bit tricky for the for the us economy
0: i wanted to hear your thoughts alex on you know how are we having a green day i mean if we're looking for bad news, we we've had two in the past two days, and we had green on both days uh, in the U.S. First, comrades, Coco mentioned we had uh, you know the 7 uh, 75 basis point increase in interest rates, and then after that we had a uh, you know release of GDP numbers showing a contraction of 0.9. We should all be hiding in our foxholes and letting the tanks roll, but that's not the case.
1: Yeah, so I mean. Uh Chris did allude to it earlier that, you know, the US economy, there's still lots of areas that do well, for example, the employment numbers. And though, even though today's number, GDP number, which is negative, indicates a technical recession, you know, two quarters of negative GDP. Then the US which, they're the
0: sugar co- which they're sugarcoating, by the way. They're saying, no, 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 wait for the Bureau of Statistics to tell you what it is. It's not a recession yet. We need to wait for other data to come in.
1: <laughs> exactly. and so we know, of course, there's a, a midterm election coming up in November. And usually when there's a recession, you lose an election. So that's why they're obviously trying to sugarcoat it a little bit. But oh, there is some element to truth for it. I mean, the fact that unemployment is still so low, there are still some pockets of strength in the US economy. But there's no doubt that the US economy has slowed down materially uh, over the last few months. And the consumers are feeling a lot more strain than it did. But this is all relatively known in the market. And that's why the market has been so weak uh, since uh, a, a March. And if you also look at the uh, the split between the two and 10-year uh, yield curve, it's currently inverted, meaning the 10-year bonds are currently lower than the two-year. That indicates going forward there's most likely going to be a recession. That means interest rates will have to come down again. So even though we're on interest rate cycle now, if we do go into a deep sort of recession later this year or early next year, the Fed will most likely reduce interest rates again. Right, to try to boost economic activity and, and that will most likely boost asset class prices and so forth. So there's not necessarily just a straight line upwards regarding interest rates. There will be some periods where it also comes down and to boost economic activity again.
0: Yeah, that sounds like a madman's game. I mean, you increase it aggressively to fight inflation, then you reduce it to boost the economy, and then I don't know what narrative we'll be, you'll be telling our kids in, you know, 2025 or you know, not even 2025, 2030, 2040, 2050. It's gonna be, it's, a, it's an interesting game to say the least. Let's jump back to our question. We've got Moiponi Rasikala here who says, "Hello, Omnia is down 12 percent. Oh, sorry, was down 12 percent yesterday and down percent." 2% today, uh, is it a buying opportunity? So, combats Koko, are you following Omnia? I mean, it's been a nice turnaround story. There's been a lot of upside, obviously, uh, with, you know, paying down the debt and everything going according to plan, but now all of a sudden, down. I haven't really
2: looked at that for a while, but I mean, it should be doing well. I mean, the fertilizer company, basically. Um you know in the in the wake of um, what's happening globally with um with, with, with fertilizer prices going through the roof um but yeah as i say i haven't uh, looked at this one
1: for a
0: long long time and alex omnia for you
1: yeah so the main reason for the stock being down to harvest yesterday because it was extra uh, by the normal dividend as well as a special dividend um, so i mean that fall in the price is irrelevant because you will, will receive the dividend um operationally a company has given good results. Um there's been yes. a remarkable as, as you alluded to. So the business is doing well operationally. Um the only issue they have they still got this outstanding SaaS issue, which, which we don't really know or can't quantify at this particular moment. So if it's not material, then Omnia looks very good, but if it's material then it's a bit of a dark a little bit of a dark cloud over it. But certainly the business is in the best position, it's been for a number of years
0: yeah fantastic um i think so as well in terms of you know where the wh- how the balance sheet looks like now as compared to where we were during covid uh, it looked like Emma garden but now not so much and obviously the share price has shown that um you know that turnaround uh we've got a question here from lenro who says um uh, is salungalo x west Co a buy um you follow West Coal, or maybe let's just talk about the coal industry as a whole. Uh, Comrade Skoko.
2: Coal industry generally, I think, is going through a, something of a revival at this point in time, uh, both locally and uh, internationally, because of what's been happening with the war in Ukraine, because of uh, European uh, the European gas supplies getting getting squeezed, and uh, a lot of countries turning back to coal. I mean, coal is something that you. It's, it's a nasty, dirty um, uh, energy source. Yeah, sure, but you know what? It's readily available, and um, uh, the, 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 the Russians can't uh, tamper with it. So, yeah, uh, and, and then locally, of course, uh, you know, you, you need it to, to run the majority of, um, of Eskom power stations. Yes. So, look, it's, um, it's, it, it, it's, it, it's certainly got an attraction, uh, probably for, for quite some time to come. I think a lot of people must have been writing coal off uh, quite vigorously a year or two ago. And then, of course, the banks uh, wouldn't um, give you any funding for coal exploration, this type of thing. So that, that's all changed, at least, at least for the time being.
0: Yeah, and I mean, if you look at that um, green bond ETF, I mean, they're busy doing a capital raise for coal you know i I, 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 that's a contradiction right there in the sentence you never heard me say that but anyways that's what's happening in europe meanwhile they're telling us to move to renewables which is totally ridiculous if you ask me uh your thoughts on on coal industries alex and if you had to pick a coal company to put in your portfolio currently to take advantage of you know what's going on globally which one would you pick
1: yeah so i mean if you look at the last few years there's been incredible movement towards, uh, let's call it ESG or anti, you know, that dirt, uh, dirty energy types of like, like coal awesome. and awesome. unfortunately, the, the politicians and bankers and even some asset allocators hasn't really thought us through. So they almost like going, expected to go from using coal power stations to having no coal overnight with no real plan of how you're going to transition ordinarily over time. And this has led to all sort of imbalances. We've seen, of course, massive uninvestment in oil over the last seven or so years. Now oil is going to be higher. Massive uninvestment in coal. Coal is going to remain very, very high. So the, this poor planning has really caused this issues. Other than, obviously, you've got now an outlier event like Russia, so if we're just making it worse. But there's been a number of factors that has led up to this. Yeah. Um, but because of that, I think coal is going to be stickier uh, for longer. So I agree with what Chris uh, has said there. Um and honestly, locally, the, you know, you've got a few options. Um, you know, something like a, a Glencore will be a massive beneficiary, biggest exporter of coal in the world. You've got uh, Tungela, which is an massively highly geared to the gold price, very attractive valuations. You've got Xara, it will benefit. And, of course, you've got um, the old Westcore, Sekundjala. Um Now, that business, if you look at it on a like-for-like basis, relative to nugela it looks very attractive. But the quality of the assets and management team, et cetera, it's not on the same level, but there is certainly a relative opportunity you can talk about there. But yeah. I prefer to auto focus on Aglenko or uh, a Tungela. I think both those counters are looking very attractive for Martin. Mm.
0: Okay, I like that. Um, let's talk about storage. Um, this is another question from Twitter, um, and it, on top of that, they're asking if we've reached a bottom yet. I think that's been a question for the past month. I mean, we we sort of bounce back. Um you know, in terms of uh market performance, every every bottom yet, Comrades Koko and your thoughts on storage?
2: I like storage. I, mean, I think it's a great story, um, both here and in the UK. Um it took me quite some time before I got, I really bought into this whole story about um self storage. Um but you know, it's it's a global phenomenon and those guys are right up there uh with the you know the best in the world. Um so you know, it's um if you look at all the property companies i mean this is a very different type of uh, property reit and um i say fundamentally I, I, I really don't see a problem with this one at all okay um look it's, it's not going to to shoot the lights out by any stretch of the imagination of course not but you know it's good solid
0: um growth okay fantastic um, sure um do you want to talk about storage uh, before we go to our stock picks alex
1: yeah, sure. So I do have, uh, you yeah, know, some positives and some negatives on, on storage. So, okay, I like they're, as, as Chris says, they've done incredibly well, um, I mean, since the listing and they build a very solid business in SA. The bond negatives is it's very difficult to really get a grasp of the assets they are buying in the UK. Are they really of high quality? Most of those assets are being acquired as so brownfields as to greenfields that develop here uh, locally. Um, so, you know, do you have to get a sense of the overpaying for those assets can imagine the same way they can do it here locally and also because of this very aggressive move towards overseas um you know the quality of earnings in the business has also deteriorate yeah if look at the cash generation business; it's gone backwards uh, over the last few years and yes you can argue that because they're investing heavily and so forth but also some of these assets they buy aren't generating some amount of cash they done before and they're using a lot more debt and script now the share price currently is, is quite high so they can use script and all property companies about six or seven years ago were using the high share prices to fund their growth. But as soon as the share prices start dropping, that whole um, business model falls apart. Yeah. You know, you, you can't issue shares anymore. And then, you, then you're stuck. You've got a debt problem like you're seeing with so many companies in the moment. Story is one of those. Everything is going in their favor at the moment. But what if something goes wrong and the share price starts derating? I mean, then this business model could be a problem. So I'm a little bit stuck in the fence. I've been a, I have been was an initial big seerholder in the business in the past. These days, uh, not so I think they are not so much my fav. But I'm not against the business. I'm just highlighting some of the risks out there.
0: Okay, fantastic. Moment of truth, comrades. Coco, what's your stock pick for the evening? Okay, I'm going for
2: U.S. defense uh, ETF ITA. Um, I was going to go for Lockheed Martin because of the HIMARS things in Ukraine. Look, I think this Ukrainian conflict is going to last for for a long time. Could be, even be years. And I think the tide is is turning eventually. Thank goodness uh, in in Ukraine's favor. Thanks to the HIMARS. Unfortunately, with you with Lockheed Martin, you know you're buying the F-35, which has had a few problems. So, rather, if you want to, if you want to, if you want to uh, be a, a war profit here, go for I T A. Um, the you, you get a broad, um, you get a broad uh, exposure to U uh, S. ballistic missiles.
0: Yeah. Okay. Thank you very much, <laughs> Alex. Your pick for the evening.
1: Yeah. So we spoke about how the market has sold off. You know, quite a lot since March, and I think if you look at a lot of asset managing firms, I mean locally, Coronation, Aquila, and 91, 91 have sold off quite a lot. Yes. My pick is 91, um, and the reason why I think 91 is far from being ex-growth. This is a very big international business, and I think a lot of you might not know this. You know, so they have 21 different offices worldwide, only 39% of the assets are in Africa. So i have got substantial positioning in, in the UK, Europe, Americas, and Asia, and they or growing net flows all of these markets. So obviously uh, fantastic management in the business. Um, they've got a huge network, a growing network, they've got a historically very strong um, performance. Most of the asset team is still intact. I backed them to perform again going forward. So um, if you take a medium term view, I think picking up 91 of these levels is a good view. You want to buy asset management firm when things are against them. Because they're cyclical. Eventually things will turn in their favor again. So I think it's not a bad entry point uh, if you want to hold it for medium term
0: so ita there if you want to bet on the war, and obviously uh, 91 just buying the dip here thank you very much gentlemen uh thanks to my guests alex days from umtombo wealth and independent analyst chris gilmore stockwatch is back again on monday have a good evening <laughs>